Product managers give 100% of themselves to their customers. But who's there for the PM? The Product Management Center at the University of Washington. It's a global hub for knowledge, community, and impact. I'm Jeff Schulman, founding director of the Product Management Center and your host on this show, How to Succeed in Product Management. Each week, I'm joined by my co-host, Red, and some of the best product managers in the business. Together, we're having candid conversations that help you understand the challenges that a product manager faces, how they overcome them, and the tools and frameworks that will help you thrive in the role. So let's start the show. Welcome, everybody. My name is Jeff Schulman. I'm the professor at the University of Washington's Foster School of Business and the founding director of the Product Management Center here at the University of Washington. And I'm excited for today's conversation. This is a conversation that Sumaya is going to love, I believe. We have a UW grad here who has experience as both a founder of a startup and as a product manager at a startup. And then Sumaya, I believe, has experience across the whole spectrum, including a product manager in corporate. So we're going to dive into really, it's not going to be the definitive answer on what is your experience going to be like as a founder versus product manager at a startup, but it is going to enlighten you through the experience of somebody who's been through all of these. So I'm super excited and hopefully all of you will enjoy learning, you know, what is the difference between being a product manager in corporate, product manager at a startup, or a founder at a startup, at least through the experiences of our guests today. So with that, I'm going to turn it to Garrett Garrett, again, a UW alum, go dogs. Please tell us a little bit about yourself and you know what you founded and where you're a product manager. Yeah, sounds good. Thanks, Jeff. Thanks also so much for having me on today. Yeah, I guess kind of my journey into becoming a PM really starts back when I was when I was a kid. I I just really loved building things. And I didn't really know what to do with that, but I ended up going to engineering school to become a mechanical engineer. Really fell in love with just being hands-on and building physical products. So I, I kind of had my my early career start in manufacturing and eventually like found that a lot of my challenges at work were business related, not necessarily technical. So I went back to UW to their the Foster Evening MBA program. And through that, just really fell in love with kind of applying engineering principles to things like things like marketing and putting together product strategy, things like that. So, and also just getting involved in the startup community here in Seattle. So that kind of got my first taste there, went and founded a startup called Fresh Grease after my time at UW, and that was a product helping consumers find compatible parts to maintain their bikes and other assets. After 18 months, I ended up shutting that down, and I'm now the product manager at Zamelgo. And so what Zamelgo is doing is, is we're helping manufacturers transform their manufacturing operations on the factory floor, and we're doing that by providing visibility with real-time data to help them reduce waste and, and drive efficiency. So uh, I guess kind of long story short, I somehow managed to combine what I love doing and what I'm good at with kind of pivoting into the startup space and into tech. So kind of coming full circle there. All right. Thank you, Garrett. We're going to dive into your experiences as a founder and your experiences as a product manager. Uh, but first, I want to hear from Samea. Tell us about, you know, we get to learn more and more about you each week. We're grateful that you are dedicated to a more diverse, inclusive, and skilled product management community. But tell us about where your experiences align with today's conversation. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm so excited that Garrett is here. We also have RPI in common, the engineering school that he mentioned earlier on. So a fellow alum here as well. In terms of my experience, you were right, Jeff. I've had experience, uh, fortunately, across all three areas. And as I was thinking about today's topic, 
you know, as a founder, as a PM in a startup, as a PM in a corporation, as a product leader. And I was trying to think about, you know, the key differences and as you described it, the definitive descriptions of each and whether they can apply again and again. And I couldn't really come down to something very comprehensive. So I'm excited to talk about my lived experience, to talk about what I have learned. And now also as an investor in startups, some of the the conversations I have with founders are around how to hire the right PMs or how to build a product organization. So I'm excited in sharing some of that perspective here too. And hopefully people who are looking and evaluating different types of companies or different opportunities coming their, their way, they can think about some of the criteria I think about to help them ask questions and then make the right choice for them for the point they are in in their career. All right. So we also have somebody in the audience who has been joining us quite a bit, listening to How to Succeed in Product Management. And I've invited JC to share a little bit about himself and then uh, be able to chime in on some of the elements here. So JC, tell us a little bit about which of the three subjects here we're talking about, startup founder, startup product manager, and corporate PM. Where do you land? And then we'll just dive into some things. Mainly in the corporate and as a startup, but I advise quite a bit for startups. And one of the main topics is helping this, the, the founder kind of guide them through that their first hire for product management. So I've had my hand in all three, but mainly those two, the corporate and the actual startup product manager. All right. So we've got our three guests here today. We're going to dive into their experiences and observations. And I also have to warn everybody, I thought it was a hit, Sumeya. Last week, we introduced a new game here on how to succeed in product management, where we do we need to come up with a clever name for it, but buzzword blitz, maybe. How about that? Buzzword blitz, where I'm going to give three words from a list of buzzwords that our community has given me, and you'll have to stitch together a coherent piece of advice from three randomly selected words. So we'll get to Buzzword Blitz. That's a working title in a little bit. But before Buzzword Blitz, let's just kind of go through each of them real quick. Startup founder, what's similar to just being a product manager and what is just different and unique about being the founder? Garrett, your experience inspired this episode. So tell us uh, from your perspective, what was unique about being a startup founder and, and what do you want to share about it? Sure. Yeah, I think kind of relevant to product management, like being a founder is all about finding problem solution fit. I guess what I mean by that is like you're starting from zero, right? You're not inheriting anything that someone has built before you. So you're really out doing the customer discovery, doing some iterative design thinking, collecting feedback. And, you know, if you do that enough times, hopefully you come out with an MVP that solves a real problem for your customers. And I think that's looking back, one of the most kind of fun times I had looking back on Fresh Grease was I was actually out traveling around the country and was in trailhead parking lots talking to people that owned ATVs and motorcycles and bicycles. And like, they all had the same problem. And then kind of getting together with the team and we actually did like the Google design sprint. So we put together our early mock-ups. We actually sourced people from from our network, from that trip that I had taken and, and some random people that just replied to a Craigslist ad that were willing to be interviewed. So we just kind of, in a week, we slapped together our first version of the product was just a super low fidelity kind of clickable mock-up and got feedback on it. And then that's, that's ultimately what we then spent time building. But yeah, I think like it's different where you don't really have a defined scope or even a defined problem and you need to pivot until you land on something that is, is kind of feasible. 
All right. So, Sumeya, what do you think is unique about being a startup founder versus being a product manager within either a startup or a corporation? Yeah, absolutely. I'm going to add to what Garrett said and still it down to one thing for me, which was fundraising. So beyond thinking about the product and beyond thinking about what will make the customer, you know, make that fit problem market or problem product fit, how can I raise enough funding to to support our operations and to grow our startup, regardless of the stage of the startup? So I've been in startups as they were going through Series C and D and before that as well. And ultimately, the one thing the founder has to worry about is that, which also happens to be my least favorite part of the founder journey, having to raise money or having to raise capital. The only other thing I would add, in addition to what you've heard so far, when you are the founder of the company, you have to also worry about the operations, you have to worry about a lot of other administrative stuff that most PMs don't have to. So as the product grows as a PM, yes, you might have purview of how does customer support work, or you might not. But in the early days, you'll wear many hats. You'll be responsible for some of the sales and the growth, and you'll be responsible for supporting the customer. But over time, unless your role is growing and you're hiring other PMs, you don't get to see all of that. And that's not an option that founders have. I would just echo that. I mean, that's absolutely spot on, right? So like as a startup founder, you're doing absolutely everything. And that includes like the legal, the accounting, hiring, and kind of early on being a PM at at a startup, you're still wearing many hats, but you're not necessarily responsible for kind of the support functions. All right. So JC, I'm going to put you on the spot here. I'm hoping you've advised founders and you've helped them find their first product manager. What is unique about a startup founder? Like what are the personal characteristics or like motivators that really make a startup founder succeed? Yeah, they are action oriented. They're going to lean more towards getting something done. And sometimes that actually goes against common or standard, you know, product management principles. That's okay. You're an entrepreneur, you're making it happen. So that is a distinct thing that you have as a founder and that you've got to do. But you've got to be aware of this. And that's the other thing. You're wearing so many hats and you're also having to step, take a step back and be very self-aware of the things that you're doing intentionally, right? Because you're going to know like, okay, well, I'm going against maybe common practice, but you know, that's the only way because this, this, is, this is our next step, right? That we have to take. And we've got to, for sure, we have to take it. The other thing is that you have to have clarity. Like, what is it you're doing? The reality is we don't have a lot of new things out there. Most of the innovation that's happening is because It's a problem that's been there before. We just have a new possible solution for it, a better way of doing it, right? So you have to have a lot of clarity in what you're trying to accomplish, right? And and what that problem space is. So May and Garrett both, you know, I think did a great job outlining all the other things, but you're wearing many hats, of course, just like a product manager would. When you hire a product manager, you know, taking, you know, one piece of many pieces of your job description, handing it over to somebody else, so there's got to be, you know, there's got to be that ability to let things go. And also the recognition that, okay, if you're hiring on a product manager, right, and the first time, they're going to start moving towards some product standards that we're trying to, you know, embody. I hope that helps. 
Yeah, so I want to dive into what you said, JC, and I want to hear it with Garrett and Sumeya. I want more perspectives on some things, product management tendencies that just don't work in the role of a founder, things you have to unlearn if you want to go from PM to founder. Uh, Sumeya or Garrett, did you have any other experiences of things that your instincts or what you want to do as a PM that you shouldn't do as a founder? Garrett, looks like you came off mute. Yeah, one of the biggest things for me, and, and this this actually took some time to figure out, and it's actually back to what, what Sumeya mentioned on fundraising. As a founder, like you are responsible not only for, you know, this idea that you have in this company that you're forming, but everyone that's joining you, right? It's it's your team, it's your investors, it's your stakeholders, it's your customers, and no one else can move the needle for you, right? So you have all the different levers you can pull at your disposal. You need to figure out how you, how to pull those and in a way that hopefully results in your ultimate success. But doing so, like you need to get comfortable with being uncomfortable. And I guess what I mean by that is like, you cannot only build a product, right? Kind of like if you build it, they will come is absolutely not true in the startup space, right? You need to be out selling. You need to be pitching not only your customers, but prospective employees or people to join your team, fundraising. And that, at least to me, was was initially uncomfortable. Like I would have to force myself every morning to be like, you know what, before I do anything else, I'm going to pick up the phone and I'm going to call five prospects and I'm going to get feedback on what we're building. Same thing with fundraising. Like this is the hardest thing I need to do today, but I'm going to sit down and I'm going to line up or try to line up five meetings or 10 meetings or whatever that happened to be. And once you do that time and time again, I think you become so comfortable with the discomfort that it's just second nature. Like you don't even flinch anymore when you're hopping on a call and you can just take that feedback in stride. So I, I think that's that's maybe a skill set that if you're aspiring to be a founder and you're a PM right now, I'd say like, yeah, just kind of leaning into that. It's going to feel uncomfortable and, and that's okay. That point about the ability to sell Garrett, you know, it's echoed a little bit in the influence without authority skill we talk about a lot for PMs. But I think for founders, like you pointed, if you can't at least do a good enough job selling the vision to a co-founder who then can do the rest of the sales, then, you know, that's a huge weakness. I don't know that you can be an effective founder if you don't have that influencing gene or set of skills. I shouldn't call it gene. It's, it is a skill that people can grow and strengthen over time. Can I piggyback on what you both said? Yeah, um, go for it. Yeah, because it is such, it's a superpower, right? Um, and and it, I'll go back to what I was saying before about that clarity that you have. Clarity brings the conviction, right? Because it's, you're not just selling. They're, part of it is they're believing in you, in your conviction, in what you believe is the right solution. There's a, there's a number of ways to solve you know, problem X, right? But you're convincing because they're hearing what you're saying and you've got a very clear thought about how to solve it and how you think to solve it. That doesn't mean that won't change, right? That won't like evolve as you learn more, but you're selling yourself quite a bit, right? And all that discovery that Garrett was talking about that you do as a founder to get, you know, to get really knowledgeable about, about the space and understand, you know, the pain points and the opportunities that are out there with the end users, that's part of what you're bringing to the table, right? That full understanding of that domain. 
So now I want to hear a little bit more about, I want to start giving some advice to those out there thinking, should I just go start my own? Should I stay as a product manager or should I pursue product management? Maybe they're not yet a product manager. What do you think? You know, what should somebody look through within themselves to decide, yes, I should be a startup founder. I should give it a shot versus I should be more comfortable in a product management role, whether it's for a startup or a corporate. Anybody have thoughts on that? Sumaya? Yeah, I'll jump in. I think if you have an idea that you feel you feel strongly about, don't wait. None of this is mutually exclusive of each other, essentially. This should not be a, an either-or choice. If you feel very strongly about your idea, there is nothing stopping you from starting it now. Even if, you know, when you're starting to evaluate it, you're doing it in the evenings and on weekends, just try to figure out, spend some time early on to figure out if this idea you want to start a company with is actually a, a viable one, one that you can build into a meaningful business and you can maybe have a livelihood out of. And then beyond that, you know, the question of becoming a products manager and what kind of skills you can learn there and whether you want to be a product manager at a corporation versus product manager as a startup, I think some of the general criteria that I would look at to make that decision are, one, are you looking to you know, work in a highly ambiguous culture, probably, or environment where things move a little faster, there is a little less bureaucracy? That tends to generally be true at most startups. However, is not always true because you want to look closely at the team you'll be working with, at the, the founder you're working with. I think, you know, this is what I was see, saying at the top of the show. When I was trying to think about reducing down my experience to some pointers that says this is what it is like working at a startup versus working at a corporation, I was hard pressed to do that because I've seen everything go one way or the other, depending on the culture of the company. I've seen startups that don't work very fast, even though that's the general you know, idea we all have about startups, just because they work in a regu highly regulated area where there is a lot of review that's imposed on the company by you know, other constructs or uh, regulators. So I would say just Think about what you want to learn, what you want to get out of the experience. And then if you're going to a startup, it's not just about the head of product or the engineers. You're also working with the founder. So evaluate all those people around you. All right. Anybody have anything to add to that? That was a great summary. I'll add a little bit to it. I'll say that I think it can be an evolution and you can definitely not start off this way and then become this way. But there is something in a founder that maybe some it's an attribute that you sometimes see with salespeople. It's this this drive and this like you know just like hyper focus and ability to with withstand high risk because there's high risk. You're put you need to be able to put it all on the line and just put your all into something to make it make it happen. You're willing in many many times you're willing it to happen. A product manager sometimes comes from a more formal structure 
or formalized structure, especially even if they're coming from, well, if, especially if they're coming from a corporate, but even if they're not coming from a corporate, they're still following some, you know, frameworks, tools, et cetera. And this is also dependent on the experience level of the product manager, but regardless, it's a little different. And, you know, I mean, one of the things that we're trying to do as product managers is that we're trying to you know, ensure that we mitigate risk when we're putting things out there. But there's a slight difference there, you know, and I point that out because I think that that hyper-focused and that just, you know, willing something to happen. Be honest with yourself. Are you that kind of person? Are you somebody that can just like hone in, right? And will something, whether it's having to do, you know, the late night accounting or having to do the sales talk, whatever needs to get done, gets done. You remind me of a couple of things that I think if, if you have been a PM in a large company, you take for granted everything from you know, the expectations around what happens in the process or in a sprint or is everyone using Jira or, you know, some other tool. And some of those things, again, if you've been in a corporation for some time, you take them for granted. But in a startup, sometimes you have to decide on what the team needs to use or you have to, instead of like unspoken understanding of norms around the process, you have to actually define what those are. And whether you want them to be heavy-handed or light, it doesn't really matter. There's still a normalizing of expectations so that you don't have to repeat what needs to happen every day of the week or every week. I think that's something sometimes we take for granted for sure. Jeff, coming back to kind of people that that kind of are, are thinking about becoming a founder versus becoming a PM or, or maybe making the switch between the two. I, I mean, JC and, and Samayad, I, I would echo kind of what you both said there. I think like the just needing to start, right? If you have an idea, like the world needs more founders to bring these ideas to life, right? To solve these problems that we're all facing. And especially if you know of a problem that not everyone else sees, I, I think, you know, a, a lot of people... If you have that itch, you should scratch it, right? Or at least try try to plan to. And I think good ways to do that, just get involved in the community, start talking to founders, start talking to people that invest, go to pitch events and just kind of learn what it's about. I think starting does not require going all in on, on day one. And in fact, like I would actually advise people not do that. Like I think from working a nine to five to then becoming a, a founder, right? You're always on, right? If you're out to dinner with your family or you're hanging out on the weekend with friends, like your company's on the back of your mind because there's no one else that can do it for you. So I think like starting on your business or starting on your idea and hustling in in the off hours, it's not to say that it it always needs to be a lot of work, but I think if you are doing that in addition to your nine to five and you're still passionate about it and you're like, you know what, I need to do this. I'm getting traction in the marketplace. I think that's really what it comes down to. If you're doing something on the side and you start feeling the pull and it's taking up more and more of your time and it looks viable, people are willing to pay you for what you're building, I think that's the appropriate time to say, you know what, this business needs me full time on it. And you'll have some time to have tested that out. But I don't think founders themselves are super, like they're not chasing the risk, right? I think it's a calculated risk. Founders understand that, you know, you need to kind of plan for longer, longer than you think you need and have some contingencies in place around that as well. I totally agree with what you're saying. Like, you're right. Founders aren't looking for risk. They're definitely not. It's just something that I see time and time again with, you know, when I talk to even like heads of product versus, you know, founders, there's something, it's not even that, that different, but it's just enough of a nuance in what a founder is doing or bringing to the table that 
the rest of the company is just is not. It may seem minor, but it seems to be like that one thing. And I think, JC, that's why whenever I hear people say, oh, the PM is like the CEO, I sort of disagree with that. Have you guys, Garrett and JC, have you guys heard that said before? I, I have. And, and honestly, one of the things that I, I really love reading on a regular basis is like the Ben Horowitz article. There's a line in there that like the PM is the CEO of the product. It starts off in the beginning. There's now a disclaimer that with the caveat that like, you're absolutely right. Like everything that's on the founder's minds is not on your mind as a PM. You want them to have that same sense of ownership for the solution that you're providing that the founder has. So they feel like they've got, you know, they're compelled in a similar way. But without a doubt, they're not doing all the same things that a founder has to do. Why wouldn't you want that sentiment to be had by everyone in the startup? Like I, like I said, I don't know. I think it's the way we want to interpret it, but I, I would do this, you know, but you're not. You're not the CEO. You're not the founder making the decision. You don't have all the, all the information from you. If that's the kind of person we're talking about, yeah, it's a little delusional. But you want to have a PM and you want everybody, yeah, you want everybody to have a sense of, you know, ownership and buy-in, right? But the product manager's purview is such that they're, you know, they're thinking about the value to the customer. They think about the usability. They think about the feasibility. They think about the business viability, right? They think about all these things that are very close to what a founder has to think about as well. And so more closely aligned. But just to be clear, I am not saying that I think that the PM is the CEO. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not ascribing to that. I am ascribing to the idea that, you know, you want them to think about the solution similar to what, how the CEO does and how they'll, how they'll approach it, right, will affect that. All right. I don't know if my phone keeps cutting off, so I have no idea if anybody could actually hear me or if I've gone into the ether, but looks like somebody can, can hear, hear you. I heard like half of what was being said, but I'm loving what the half that I heard. So we've talked about what makes a startup founder and whether you should pursue that. I'm curious if you have thoughts on what makes a startup product manager. So Garrett, if you could kind of, I don't know how to ask this, but maybe first distill just the level of chaos that you might be experiencing as a startup PM without speaking for your company. And then maybe JC could talk a little bit about what he advises startups to look for in a first product manager. And then we'll get to Sumeya to wrap it all together. Sure. Okay. And and I'll start off here just with saying I'm super early in my product career, right? And I think kind of in, in joining a startup, one of the first pieces of advice I got, which is actually kind of from a mentor who also happens to, to invest in startups as well. And the advice was like, just go take a tour of the entire company, right? Just go understand all these functions. And I think kind of the, the foot I was pivoting on here is understanding of our users, right? Being manufacturers, like I've, I've worked on the shop floor, I've, I've interfaced with the types of personas that we sell to and ultimately that use our product. And so you know, kind of early on, right? As a PM, you have the influence, but not the authority. And so I like going around and, and like sitting in on sales calls, sitting in with our, just kind of getting our marketing team up and running, sitting in on engineering sprints, actually going and doing deployments out with our customers as well. And just kind of spending a lot of time doing these things that, that maybe don't seem related necessarily to product, but in doing so you're learning about the entire business. And I, I think that was kind of a uh, kind of core to me kind of getting up to speed because now in doing that, I've met, you know, I've met our entire team. I've learned about the product. I learned about how our customers use it to drive value for their business. And then we can start thinking like, okay, like being out there with our customers and being with our engineering team, 
know the limits of what we have today and know what our customers are asking for. And specifically, like what problems they're maybe not asking for, but they definitely experience every day. Now we can start to put together our product vision and our strategy to execute towards that without having to kind of jump in and say like, you know, I guess the coming down and just saying like, hey, here's what we should be doing as a, certainly as a, an early PM at a startup when everyone is already wearing the product hat from, you know, the founder to the engineer who's going on site and talking with the customer. I think like back to that point earlier, everyone should have the mentality of, of being a founder. And I think like that, that definitely exists. So just kind of respecting the organization and the culture that's there and coming in with an attitude of like, just go learn as much as you can about different parts of the business. Cause eventually everything will kind of come together and you'll be able to, you know, just kind of see things that maybe your team sees, but you can just kind of share a different light because you, you know about all these different areas of the business. JC, anything that we can help people understand the chaos or what's expected as a startup PM? Yeah. I mean, Gary, you're spot on when you start off with, you know, meeting as many people as possible in the organization and really getting a, a handle on that. And I oftentimes, you know, um, tell these PMs to start creating, if there's not an org chart, a lot of times there isn't in a startup, start creating one and then, you know, start marking your both internal and external stakeholders, you know, start identifying your competitors, you know, and your target market, make your personas, you know, start creating your foundation for what you're trying, you know, what you're going to have your vision be, not vision as, as in product vision, but all the foundational things you need to make decisions, to understand the organization, all those things that Garrett mentioned. Exactly. Just get to know all those little different pieces. You've got to use early on your product. You've got to use it demo. I mean, every single day for an hour a day, you've got to be in that product and using it, just figuring it out, right? You don't have to, to be an engineer with it. You just have to understand how it's used and, you know, be that end user. And there's some other things that I would suggest for like, you know, as you progress along that point in, in this first foundational piece that, that I would say you need to do. But the other things you're, you're doing as a, you know, as a startup product manager is you are the one who is coming in and creating that foundation of product management. You're coming in to bring in some rigor, right? Some foundational processes of sorts, because you're going to be growing. That's the idea, right? So you're going to have to get things that you can use similar vernacular throughout the organization and for as you're onboarding the new, you know, more PMs, which that's what you're going to be there for. You're at that point where they're going to start growing and you start evangelizing what product management is and getting that buy-in from your sales, from your marketing, from your other sta internal stakeholders. You're establishing all yourself in that organization so that they understand that, that you're a vessel, you're a tool for them to use and you're there to help them out, right? And how it works and how it doesn't work, right? So those are all the things that I would say you've got to prepare for as a you know, newly minted product manager on a new company, right? You got to get that foundation, meet the people, you know, use the product heavily, and then figure out how you're going to create product management within that company. And it's going to be different for every company. Like I would not recommend the same formula if you go from one to another, right? You can utilize the starting foundation, right? That's fine. But you're going to have to manipulate it a little bit because it's going to be different for each organization. Samay, anything to add for people to understand what they'd be getting themselves into and whether startup product management's for them? I think in general, when you're joining a smaller company, whether it's a startup or has been around for a while, one of the things you need to figure out right away is 
where you might want to index a little more on. So there are typically three areas that PMs find themselves, you know, growing their skills further. Sometimes on the engineering side, because you need to do a little more engineering work. Sometimes it's on the design side where you need to do a little more customer research and user research and design work. And sometimes it's on the sales and marketing side, and it's because you have to do a little more on the growth side. And so try to understand early on if you need to grow your own skills a little more in one of these three areas and do that. Because what you want to do is make sure that you are able to fill the needs and be complementary to the rest of the team and be as flexible as possible. So your idea of what product management might be a very specific one, but once you join the startup, you'll find out, oh, well, they need me to do a little more of this one thing that I'm not necessarily really good at. And that's a great opportunity for you. So in addition to what you heard so far, just be flexible and understand where you need to step in. And sometimes no one actually understands that that's something that needs to be communicated to you. You need to pick that up on your own. By the time they figure out, oh, we need our PM to be a little more technical, it's basically a little too late. You were already been part of the team. All right. So we have uh, about 10 minutes left. I want to play Buzzword Blitz. So I'm going to give you three words. So everybody's going to at least learn what others in product management think are buzzwords. Now, you might not each have, be familiar with them, but at least you'll hear some buzzwords that have been given us to by the community. And you're going to have to try to stitch them, the three of them, into a coherent thought. And uh, I'm going to let Garrett give me three random numbers, which will determine the buzzwords. And then the first one who could pull them together into one coherent thought or piece of advice, uh, wins. So, Garrett, give me three numbers between 1 and 51. Three numbers between 1 and 51. Okay. 23, 48, and 7. 20, 23, what was the second one? Uh, 48. Here we go. Are you ready for buzzword blitz? Here's your three words. Pull them together. First one to pull them together into a coherent piece of advice. MVP, Agile, Align. MVP, Agile, Align. Oh, this was an easy one today, Garrett. Should I go? Yeah, be the winner. <laughs> no, no, no. I want to let our guests go first. You got scooped last time. I did. JC's coming off mute. Do you have something for MVP, Agile, and Align? So I have to put together a current... I think I do. Uh, I mean, they're very familiar to me. So I have to put together a coherent, like, Sentence? Is that what we're looking at? Or just... Yeah, thought? sentence or two two sentences. You know, just pull it together in one coherent, like they tie together in one piece of advice. Ah, okay. So one of the core pieces of Agile, right, is the idea of an MVP. You know, the concept, you know, in Agile helps you align your vision about what you're trying to make. Garrett said it before, right? When they first built that prototype, when they did a design sprint, it was a low fidelity, but it was an MVP. It helped bring it together what was possible, you know, what is possible. So it aligned the vision of what was possible for that solution. All right. Buzzword blitz. Samaya, should we do one more just for fun? Well, let's see if Garrett has another. Uh, okay. On this. Garrett, did you want to try to pull together sure. MVP, yeah, yeah. Agile, and Align? Yeah, I'll give it a shot here. Yeah, I'd say, you know, as you are working to develop your MVP early on, either as a founder or as a startup PM, you definitely need to be aligned with with your customers and the problem that they are looking to solve. 
to then kind of apply an agile framework to iterate through that, getting feedback from your customer. And if you're doing that and incorporating that feedback, you then should end up with a, an appropriate minimum viable product. And I, I think that one of the keys I always stress on minimum viable product is the viability portion. And that kind of comes back to, it needs to solve a problem to the customer. So, All right, buzzword blitz, two for two here. Sumay, did you want to add something or are we good to move on to concluding thoughts? Yes, we can move on. All right. So in the interest of time, let's hit up concluding thoughts. And these can be, you could kind of take this in two ways. You can say one last thing you wanted to make sure people know as they think about whether to be a startup founder, a startup product manager, or a product manager in corporate, or if you wanted to just bullet point, take what are the takeaways from what you've already said. But it's your turn for concluding thoughts. We'll go in reverse order. We'll start with JC. All right. Thanks. Yeah, for concluding thoughts. Look, it's an interesting thing to think about your startup founder, your startup PM, and your corporate PM. You know, when I look at these, the corporate PM largely going to have a lot more processes, right, and frameworks and standardizations that they're following because that's the nature of a corporation, a large organization. That's how large organizations typically, typically, typically work. And you go on the other edge of the spectrum, you know, when you're a founder and a startup product manager, there is less. You're trying to create some of those things. You're trying to create some of those things. But I would say that it's important to know as many processes as you can and, and frameworks. It's great. It's great bedrock for building on things. But you've got to be able to you know, create your own way of doing things. As I've gone in my career, I've moved further and further away from you know, a set of processes that I'm going to follow all along. And one of the things that I teach for my younger PMs is like the idea behind Shuhari, you know, walk, I mean, crawl, walk, run, right? Where, you know, let's say you're, you first learning how to cook something. And at first you are following a recipe and you're not only following a recipe, but you're staring at that oven, seeing if it's, it's all happening, right? You're fumbling around trying to find all the ingredients. And that's how it goes in the beginning. And then Later on, you can sit on the couch because you kind of, you've done it before. You know where the ingredients are. It's all, all the amount of time you've taken is, is shortened, right? And now you can kind of relax a little bit. But now when you're at the end, when you're at uh, re, the last phase, you're a type of product manager that says, you know what? I'm going to make the same thing, but I'm not going to make it in the oven. I'm actually going to use a Dutch oven outside and I'm going to switch these ingredients. And you can do that because you understand, you know, the meta underneath the processes themselves and by changing what's really happening, right? You really understand it holistically. So I would say that, you know, as a takeaway, you know, keep that in mind. Processes are important, frameworks are important, but they're not the end all be all. You've got to think, you've got to be very willing to connect your own dots. All right, JC, thanks for joining us today. Sumeya, any concluding thoughts? I think in this environment specifically, when there's a lot of competition, when the expectations around excellence in product management are even higher. A couple of things that would be, I think would apply both to a startup PM or a corporate PM. One, opinions, strong opinions, loosely held, is something that people will look for from you as a PM. Uh, they want to hear some sort of confidence in your own beliefs and your own hypotheses. So keep that in mind. But on the other end of it is your ability to have a growth mindset. And by growth mindset, I mean specifically asking questions about why you hold certain beliefs, why you believe this solution is going to work in this situation, 
why do you, you know, think hypothesis is the most likely to be true? And as you think through that stuff just by yourself, you're going to be able to bring people along because as you throw darts at your own ideas, once you present them to others, you'll have the right answers to share with them. And then as other people also bring up other ideas and uh, help you make your ideas better, you have a higher willingness to listen and to come together to the best idea possible. So I, I think those two skills, although they sound really soft skills and not very concrete, they're the ones that are going to show up in a meaningful way for you, regardless of the situation or the type of company. All right. And then Garrett, UW grad, both founder, now startup product manager, <laughs> concluding thoughts for us. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually going to go for right between that growth mindset and connecting your own dots from, from JC and Samaya here. So after deciding to kind of kill my own startup, I kept a few meetings that I had already scheduled. And the one piece of advice that I got that I've, I've actually, this is the second time I've heard this in my career, but I, I would strongly advocate that, that anyone can listen to this, is as you're trying to figure out what you want to do next or plot your career path, go where you will learn the most. And I took three months to kind of figure this out, right? And one of the frameworks I use for this is this, it's a book from two Stanford professors out of the design school. It's called Designing Your Life. And I had kind of penciled out MVPs of different options from, do I go start another startup right away? Do I join a large company in tech? Do I go try and seek out, seek out a startup? And I went and had coffee chats with people in each of those areas to really figure out what it is that I wanted to do. So I, I think for anyone considering, you know, corporate PM, startup founder, startup PM, or, or just kind of any area in your career, if you're unsure what to do next, I would definitely advocate go where you will learn the most will definitely pay off down the road. Don't be afraid to leverage your past experience either. I think that's super valuable. And you'd be surprised what doors unlock if you can just kind of lean into the transition between whatever it is you're doing today and whatever it is you want to do. You'd be excited and surprised what kind of opportunities emerge. All right, Garrett, JC, Samaya, thank you so much for joining us today. And thank you to everybody who joined us here on LinkedIn. We're here every Tuesday at 12 p.m. Pacific time. And then the podcast releases on every major podcasting platform. Hopefully you will like and subscribe on your favorite platform and tune in and catch the recordings of how to succeed in product management. Hope everybody has a great day. Take care. <laughs>